Grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, today we're going to talk about attitude. Attitude is so very important in the way that we live our lives, isn't it? It's so very important in the things perhaps that we are able to accomplish. It also is the thing that limits us from our best selves, isn't it? In our Old Testament lesson for today, we looked again at Job. You maybe remember Job, the Bible actually says that he was a man without sin at the very beginning. And, you know, he made it to about the age of 40, right, before he sinned. He had a wonderful life. He had many children. He had crops and he had livestock. And and he kind of was living the farmer's dream out there, wasn't he? But you, you kind of maybe remember what happened to him. He began to lose everything almost in a single day. His children were murdered by bandits and all of his livestock was stolen. He came down with a terrible disease. We're told that he, he just kind of sat in the middle of a broken pottery. And he would use the, the broken pottery to, to puncture the boils on his skin and to, to scrape the, the grossness off of himself. His loving wife even came to him and, and said, Honey, I think it would be best if you just die. Well, it's not very loving though, is it? But that's what Job had come to. We might think to ourselves, if anyone needs to feel sorry for himself, if anyone could get an excuse, right? we would let him slide, it would be that poor guy. Look at all of the terrible things that he's gone through. But then you, you kind of remember, this is the point where he sins, isn't it? He begins to tell his friends and neighbors, you know, if God would just come down and talk with me face to face, I'm sure we can work things out. Right, what is he saying? He's saying, you know, God isn't good enough, right? He's saying God isn't all-knowing. God doesn't understand all things. God's plan is a pretty flawed. I'm sure that I, speaking with God, could work things out. And then that's where our text comes in for today. This was God's response. It's like, Job, wake up, right? Where were you when I you know, made the earth? Where were you when, when I created the sea? Where were you when I set the boundaries? Where were you when I made the laws of physics, right? Who do you think you are? Really, isn't it? Because Job had come to the place where his attitude was spoiled, wasn't it? God isn't good enough in my life. God's plan isn't working. I I could do so much better. He's not trusting God anymore, is he? And you know what? Peter does exactly the same thing in our text for today, doesn't he? You know, first of all, when Jesus comes walking on the water, instead of the 
disciples are being amazed and go, wow, good job, Lord. Oh, there's our, our God. Isn't he amazing? They were afraid and thought it was a ghost. Right? Their, their faith, you know, falters at that point. But then furthermore, you know, Peter comes up with, with this kind of uh, uh, presumptuous miracle. You know, if you really are God, you will allow me to walk on the water too. Uh, hope that we maybe have never done that, right? But 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 have you? You know. In a, a moment of despair, perhaps I, I remember talking to a, a chaplain once, and he said, "In a moment of despair, I went driving my car a hundred miles an hour down the dirt road, and I said, God, if you really want me to live, you will protect me.'" Hundred miles an hour down the dirt road. God, show your power. Sometimes we do things like that, don't we? It's always sin, though. But Peter, he, he was at that point. You know, if you're really Jesus, let me get out of the boat and walk on the water. And then we're told Peter, he, he's kind of looking around and he sees the, the wind and the waves and, and he starts to, to get afraid. And he falters. Once again, that, that lack of faith. Jesus isn't quite good enough. Even though he told me to walk on the water, it's not working out so well. He's not quite good enough. Well, uh, dear friends, guess what? We, we experience in our everyday lives people with that very same attitude, don't we? From the, the little children's stories about Winnie the Pooh and, and Eeyore. You know, Eeyore is kind of that character where everything is never quite good enough, right? We experience that every day. And I, I hope that, that this wasn't the case for anybody here this morning, but some people maybe woke up this morning and they said, why is it so cold? I'm going to have to get out my coat. You know, it's like only 48 degrees, you know, this morning. What is going on? And then you got in your car to drive to the church. You say, it's so overcast. Man, why can't we have a sunny day? What is wrong with this picture? And then you got over to the church today and you said, someone is in my parking spot. It's unbelievable. Everyone knows I park there. Why is someone in my parking spot? And he walked into the church this morning and, and someone said, good morning. He said, good morning. Those are the worst words. I Are you implying I slept in too late today? Why would you say good morning to me in that tone of voice? And now I'm going to go, I'm going to worship the Lord. No. You see, when our attitude starts to fall apart, you know, those are the kinds of things maybe we start to experience, right? And I, I try to kind of make it an over-the-top example, and we can chuckle about it a, a little bit. But how often in our lives do we not run into people that are just like that? And the Lord, he talks to us, and he says he wants us really to be just the opposite, doesn't he? Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. But that's what the Lord would like for us in our lives. Uh, sometimes we have trouble getting there, don't we? 
Now, with having four boys and, and having them in, in sports, I often, you know, kind of read different things about coaching and uh, about athletics. And it, it, it kind of struck me in the lesson for today. I had read about a, a young gal, and, and she was on a, a sports team, and the coach would often make the athletes run before the practice. And this young gal, you know, she, she would go out and she would do the run and she would come back looking exhausted and, and, and tired. And, you know, there still was a two-hour practice to, to come. And the coach finally asked her, he, he, he said, what are you thinking about while you run? And the, the young gal was honest with the coach and she said, you know, coach, I, I, I'm thinking that I'm tired. I'm thinking that I hate running. I, I'm thinking that this doesn't really uh, apply uh, to anything, and it just makes my practice harder. I, I'm thinking that you just make us tired before we even get started. Okay, and so at least she was honest, you know, with with the coach. She told the the coach what was going through her mind. And, and the, the coach, instead of getting mad and offended and saying, well, I'm the coach and you got to do what I say, he, he said, you know, I, I would like you to begin the, the mental discipline of just thinking to yourself right, about how when, when you were a little girl, you used to love to run and that this is making you stronger every day. I'd like you to just change the way that you think about it, right? Now the, the young girl, she went, came back the, the next day and, and she applied what the coach had suggested. She finished the, the laps at the beginning of practice. She, she came back happy and, and she looked refreshed and ready to start the practice. Now, why was that? It, it was because she changed her attitude, right? Instead of thinking to herself, I hate running, and this is worthless, and it's just making me too tired to even practice effectively, she remembered back to when she was a, a, a young person, right? And she used to love to run. Do, do you ever kind of remember those days? They seemed like you had endless endurance, right? You could run all summer long. Yeah, the, the wind would blow through your, your hair because you still had hair, you know? And, and you love to do it, right? Instead of thinking, I hate running, and this is a waste of time, and what is the coach doing, right? You begin to think, I love to run. I'm getting stronger every day. See? And in that very same way, then, hopefully for you this morning, you, you woke up uh, today, and maybe you, you, you walked outside, and, and you said, you know, that the air is just perfect. I say, oh, it's too cold. I'm going to have to get my coat out of storage. And then you, you were driving over to the church and, and you looked around and you said, oh, what a beautiful day. I said, oh, it's so overcast and I can't hardly stand. And you, you, you walked into the church and someone said, good morning. You, you said, good morning back. When we have that attitude of our Lord within our hearts, you know, things start to be good enough, don't they? 
But if, if, if a lot of stuff isn't good enough anymore, it spills over into all the areas of our life, doesn't it? You say, I, I don't like the temperature, and I don't like the drive, and there was a stoplight in my way, and it slowed me down. I had to wait for the train, and, and then someone said, good morning. Oh, the worst words I've ever heard, as if I slept in too long. And, and, and those co-workers that I have, they're so irritated and annoying. And the, the boss that, that I have is just not good enough. And then pretty soon, maybe my husband or my wife, they're not good enough. My, my friends aren't good enough. Maybe eventually even my children aren't quite good enough. And my whole life is spoiled. I, I can't have happiness. I, I can't have joy. I'm spending all my, my time dwelling on all these things that are going wrong because nothing is quite good enough. And where does that all go back to? It goes back to God, doesn't it? Right, because, because God has said that he will work all things together for my good. And God has said he has a plan for my life. You see, if something in my life I'm thinking isn't good enough, it comes back to God, doesn't it? Because all good things come down from the Father of lights, right? Our Heavenly Father who loves us, who, who provides for us. And that is then where the sin begins. Because if I'm saying to God, you're not good enough, uh, you're just like Job, right? You're just like Peter. You're not quite handling it, you see. There's a the famous you know a poem that's called Footprints, and maybe you, you kind of know it. It's based on that idea: a man looking back over the course of his life, he can see two sets of footprints in the sand. But then he notices during the, the hardest, most trying times of his life, there's only one set of footprints. This really bothers him. He goes to the Lord and, and he says, Lord, you promised you would walk with me all the way. And yet now I notice, looking back, that during the hardest times of my life, there's only one set of footprints. What's the deal with that? It seems like you abandoned. And the Lord says in response, my precious child, it was then that I carried you. Our Lord does indeed have a plan for our lives. And our Lord does indeed desire that he can work all things for our good. And he says that even when things are really going wrong, he will carry us. You see, what our life comes down to, really, that bottom line, is God good enough? If God is good enough, I can work, wake up even on a, a, a terrible winter stormy day, and I can say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If the Lord is good enough, I can confront the most trying circumstances. You know, a, a fellow employee in the place where I work, a, a boss that, that doesn't seem to have a clue, uh, you know, uh, 
And I'm, I'm going with work because really that's one of the bigger areas of, of our minds, isn't it? But you go into those situations and, and, and you can say, the Lord has a plan for me. And the Lord cares about me. And the Lord will walk me through this. See? Or we can say the, the Lord's not good enough. Right? But he's not taking care of me. Look at the circumstances I'm in. This is just unbelievable. Why is it not good enough? We don't want to be there, do we? We want to be the ones who trust in Jesus. Because, you know, what is the, finally the, the ultimate goal? It's that we would be able to share Christ with others, right? And so again, I know I've been going through this example a couple of times, but you woke up this morning, and it's too cold. And my favorite cereal ran out. And I had to stop at the stoplight, and the train made me late, and, and someone said good morning, and it was terrible. And, and, and my boss and, and my coworkers said, oh, by the way, let me tell you about Jesus. Go, what? It doesn't work, does it? Right? No one wants to hear about Jesus from someone who is Eeyore, right? Because life isn't good enough. That their job isn't good enough, and their wife or husband isn't good enough, and their boss isn't good enough, and on and on and on it goes. See? But if we trust in the Lord, if we're like that, that little gal that listened to her coach, right? I love running. It makes me stronger every day. Then we can face those same difficulties, right? A, a terrible boss, a, a, a mean coworker, and we can say within our own hearts, right? The Lord can work this for my good. I can't wait to see what the Lord might do in this situation. The Lord cares about me personally so much. He will even help me walk on water if that's what it takes. And now let me tell you about Jesus. I want to hear from that person, don't I? That person that's going through the same trials and difficulties that I'm going through, and yet their trust in the Lord remains the same. The person who has something special, something better perhaps than I have right now. They're right there beside me. They're walking the same path that I'm walking, but they do it with style and grace. Whereas maybe I'm, I'm kind of you know, floundering around right now. But I want to hear from that person, right? Dear friends, you can trust in the Lord. He is good enough. He promises that he does indeed have a plan for your life. He tells us furthermore that when things go wrong, when things start to fall apart, he can turn it around 
He can weave those things together for your good if you keep trusting him, if you keep following his commands. He can make it worthwhile and better. He can bring you joy in the midst of sorrow. He can bring you peace in the midst of suffering. He promises that he loves you so much. He sent his son to die upon a cross so that you could be called his children, so that you can have a place prepared for you in the heavens, so that you can make it home one day to be with him. Our God is good enough. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.